Linux Journal readers. I'm Catherine Druckman. I'm talking to our editor-in-chief, Doc Searles, and our awesome, I don't even know what your title is anymore, Sean. Our editor of, of some of some note. I think I'm Sean Powers. I think I'm I associate. Think so. I think that's but still, he's, yeah. you know, he's one of our favorites, regardless. So um <laughs> You say so that sorry. to all the associate editors. No, I really don't. Well, you know what? No, that's I probably do. Yeah, I'm the only one. So. I, think, I think being of some note, uh, the note today is F. <laughs> <laughs> Today's note. F sharp. Oh, is I'm, there such a thing? Yeah, there is. Yeah, okay. I believe it. Um, <laughs> it's been a while. People always Sadly. tell me to be sharp. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. oh nice. Yeah. Just nice. don't be flat. Um, so... So, Sean, I think, you know, it's been a while. It's been a while since we've talked. We haven't had you on a podcast yet, and this is a first. I'm very excited about it. I was trying to think the last time I was on a a Linux Journal podcast is when Kyle and I used to introduce every issue. Like we would do a – and it might have had a name, but it might have just been the Linux Journal podcast. I don't know. Back in – I think the last one was in 2011. That could be. Which corresponded with our last print issue. <laughs> Speaking of stories, you remember back when remember print that? failed? It was right around then. <laughs> remember that? Remember when print was? Oh, yeah. So, Doc, tell us about tell us about your uh, your cool magazine stories. Yeah. So, um, I in the in the basement storage room in our in our house, um, uh, we haven't we actually haven't had we've had Christmas in somewhere else with grandkids for the last. Uh, uh, 10 years or more, I think, and decided, well, we're going to do Christmas here this time at our house. And so Christmas had been very, very mothballed behind a whole lot of other container boxes, those nice plastic boxes with doors on top that you could stack. It was actually fairly neat, but going down through them and lifting them off, especially when they weigh, when they're filled with paper, you know, they might as well be filled with water and weigh like 80 pounds a piece. So in them, I found all these old magazines, and these were the the great um, dot-com magazines, uh, which were uh, Upside and Red Herring and Business 2.0 and Fast Company. Those are the big ones. And all of them were like a, a half an inch thick and almost entirely funded by, um, by dot-com uh, investments. You know, by they were all venture funded, essentially. And... Uh, and it was just sort of interesting for me to look at them because um, I have page flags on them. And one from, say, for example, here, uh, Red Herring from – and we'll include links to this on the, uh, on the page for, the, uh, for this podcast – is this could change everything behind Transmeta's bid to become – to power the post-PC era. And the big thing there was that Linus Torvalds himself worked for Transmeta, and this is going to transform everything. It's going to change everything. And um, – it didn't. Um, <laughs> Linus trucked on, continuing to run Linux, Linus, and everything worked fine there. And inside also is um, uh, a big piece about called Behind the Scenes, Going Public, Behind the Scenes at the Planet's Most Successful IPO, which is for VA Linux. Um, and, uh, and it wasn't in the long run. I mean, it, 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 anyway, but... Um, the second most successful up to that point was Red Hat, which just sold for umpty billion dollars to IBM, uh, which is so Red Hat really worked out in that in that case. But it's sort of interesting to see that there. And uh, there are well, there's another page flag here. I'm trying to see what's under this one. Um, 
Oh yeah, here's holiday season ad failure. How how consumers shop through major ads don't work. Well, it's nobody believes that anymore. They believe ads do work, but even though they don't, there's another one. Business 2.0 deathmatch: Ariba versus Commerce One. Who will rule your B2B empire? And I'm not sure either of them rule the B2B empire. I think that Amazon rules all retail at this point, whether it's B2B or not. But I maybe you're wrong about that. Ariba, I looked it up, is still around. Commerce One is defeated. But it's it's really typical of of journalism to like let's you and him fight. It's the easiest thing in the world to write about. You can use war metaphors. And then there's another one in here on Fast Company from 2000 April. No, there's a 2000 of 01. That was still thick magazine in 01, and the crash is already going. Um, the biggest lie in business: the consumer is in charge, or the customer is in charge, which has been my mission in making well, that, it happen. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> ever since then, and I have not succeeded. So it's still a big lie. So. So that's that. And it has a list of red herring has a double issue in 2000, which is these companies still matter. It's 100 companies that still matter. And I can't find a page for it, but uh, most of them don't. <laughs> Not at this point. <laughs> it's like, don't don't imagine. Don't imagine that that's true. You know, there's Veritas software. That's one of them. And they don't matter because they got bought by, I don't know who, Oracle or somebody. So, but it's interesting to look at that. And it's, it's, a, it's a time capsule. All those companies, by the way, I looked them up online. They are not even greasy spots on, on a Google search. They're gone. They're, there's nothing left. Even fa- I think Fast Company is the only title that's still around. Um, but uh, it's the title. It's not all the archives. The archives are gone. But I welcome correction on that if somebody wants to look it up and prove me wrong. It'd be great if I was. I don't know that. You know, it's funny, though, because looking back at those magazines, you know, for me, it's like, oh, I remember the day or, oh, wasn't it so cool when? And I actually I'm in my office here and and I have video, but nobody's probably watching the video apart from me. Um, But I was just looking uh, around. Mm -hmm. And so my my first issue of Linux Journal is when I did the arcade game. Right. And. I'm looking around and I have like a, a Nintendo, like the original Nintendo, the where they recommissioned it and like sold it. And same thing with Super Nintendo and Atari. And it's funny that that nostalgia can actually be cashed in on. I'm, I'm not suggesting that we go like resurrect VA Linux or anything, but it's just fascinating to me how we get so emotionally attached to some of those things. Names that mean nothing now, just the very name can still have value because of that nostalgia. And that it just fascinates me. You know what? You know what I miss? I miss Textroid. I'm just putting that out there. I miss the Textroid. Is it gone? I have no idea where it the is. The Textroid? Textroid. I'm going to link to that. So oh. years ago, Sean did a review of this really awesome gadget called the Textroid. And it made... <laughs> oh, God. Why do you let me do these podcasts? Um, And it made this great little sound when you stuck the USB... Was it USB? I think it was USB. Uh you know, was, I don't remember that. <laughs> oh, no. I what did you do, do to the little robot? <laughs> it used to make this sound. Okay, I'm linking to the video. Anyway, so is there anything in particular from our... So we're coming up on... Oh, gosh. Is it 200 and... How many? Oh, God. What is the current issue number? Oh, this is awkward. I don't know. But we're coming up on... I mean, this is our... We're about to hit our 25th year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's Which pretty is, amazing. You know, it's a long time. So Sean and I came around about exactly the same time. His was the current issue when I started. So that was back in 07. 
you know, so we've seen some things. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. We used to review all sorts of crazy products. And I remember the one time I, I, um, <laughs> I wanted to review. Do you remember when the tiny little laptops first came out yes. with like the 70% size keyboards that everybody thought was going to be perfectly fine to type on? And it turns out they were terrible. But at the oh, time, like the EPC yeah. and another reviewer got it. And I was so bummed out that I, I built a, a fake PC out of two little star or styrofoam like hamburger yep. container things and reviewed a cheesy styrofoam PC. And that was my review for the week. Um, I kind of miss, uh, yeah, I kind of miss That's that silliness. Awesome. And I think reasons like that are why some of the more um, professional companies never really fell in love with me as an editor. <laughs> That's well, a, it's a good sign. That's why are. HP didn't. Did, did, yeah, yeah, HP. <laughs> was 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 the company Lindos before your time? Lindos was um, uh, Michael Robertson who created MP3.com. Um, later created a, a, a Linux laptop called Lindos and, and a, uh, as user-friendly an operating system for muggles as he could put together. It was really quite, quite good. I don't know what he based it on or what his geeks based it on. Um, but he got sued by Microsoft for Lindos being too close to Windows or at least pressured by Microsoft. So they changed it to Linspire. So, and I, I was going to reach over because I had one of those laptops. I'm gesturing here with my, you can't see me on video. I don't have the thing on, but toward the stack of paper that actually had that laptop sandwich between, you know, it's, it's like strata in geology, right? This is from the, from, you know, the Jurassic of my desk, you know, laying over there. I think it's in the, it was from the early aughts, but I don't remember exactly when it was, but anyway, um, that, that little laptop actually remained operative for a fairly long time, but I don't know whatever. Happened. Did it have full size keys? I mean, that no, was no, no, no. Actually, I was reminded by you telling me about the seventy percent size keyboard. Ah. It was like, and and I don't have big hands. I don't have especially small hands, but I have. My hands did not like the smaller keyboard. You know, you're when you've been typing. You know, I mean, it's sort of like getting on a bike and the, and the bike seat is too low, you know, it's like, wait a minute, that's not right. You know, I have to stand <laughs> yeah. up and press down and it's just not, it's not, it's suboptimal. Put it that way. Yeah. The, um, I, I, re, I listened to one of those videos where I was reviewing a tiny laptop and I literally heard myself say, I'm going to use this as my main computer. And then I just <laughs> remember like after five minutes of typing, my fingers would get cramped. <laughs> it was just the right. most horrible experience. So, yeah, they were reviews of lies at the time, I guess. But it seemed like the coolest thing, though. Yeah, you can you can give yourself carpal tunnel if you do it right. In an afternoon with those things. <laughs> we had an article recently, actually. Um, it was about, uh, you know, how close the, the netbook, the, the very brief netbook uh, trend came to sort of bringing the Linux desktop into the mainstream. It's kind of a nice little um, nostalgia piece, but it, but it is kind of true. Like it was, I think there was a, a vested interest in, um, I think actually Kyle talked about this with us in the last episode, but there was a vested interest in, in Microsoft and other hardware manufacturers kind of killing that, that Linux, um, Linux on the desktop serving the netbook market thing. Um, 
because it did. I mean, it, you know, it was, it was suddenly out there everywhere. I could go to CompUSA and buy a little a cute little cheapy computer and, and Linux was the obvious thing for it, right? Yeah, right. Which, which then, I mean, evolved into Chromebooks, right? And Chromebooks right. are... viable yeah. options especially for you know college students i i've recommended chromebooks to a lot of college students and i mean i probably you know somewhere a linux user is going to scold me for this but you know a lot of times the the kids going into college are required to have microsoft office which is a, a frustration it's always been a frustration right for linux users but with chromebook if you get office 365 you can use your linux machine and still have you know a fully operational uh space station no fully operational mm-hmm. um Microsoft Office thing using Linux. So uh, that's it's been kind of a a weird sort of way to push Linux by using Office 365. But, you know, it's worked. And I really a lot of students that I've talked to are now using Chromebooks in college. And it's not the greatest experience for them. You know, there are things that it doesn't do great, but it's really cheap and they're not worried about it getting stolen. And it takes their focus away from like maybe games or something. And they just do their work. So maybe it's a good thing. I have not used one. Actually, I looked at the Chromebooks at a Best Buy a couple of days ago, and they all had like storage of four or eight gigabytes, which is like sub nothing if you actually want local storage. And because the idea is it runs entirely off the net, right? Exactly. Like, Everything's on the network. Running yeah. on, on Google's cloud. So if you're disconnected, you're, you're, you know, you're kind of SOL. Um, the the cool thing about those older ones, and I was thinking now in terms of Android, like the and the connection there is that those older netbooks were at least somewhat. I think they're a little bit more heavyweight. Maybe I'm just thinking of small laptops of just like the cheapest possible laptops, and I'm confusing those with netbooks because netbooks would have less memory. But I'm thinking about the you know how those are all the ancestors of the current Chromebook in a similar way. Um, Android, you know, Google bought one of the many sort of Linuxy um, smartphones that were out there already. Which one was it? The the, the one that because it was it Pocket or I forget the name of it. There, I mean, the Android was not developed, especially I don't think inside of Google. I think they bought a company that already was downstream with it. Or am I just full of shit on that? I don't know. It seems like a googly thing to do, so I, I wouldn't yeah. doubt that that's that's where it came from. I don't remember what it would have been. I mean, there were a few. I mean, there was some competition before Android came mainstream, like Mamo and. Um, yeah, it, it was actually like there was a phone. They actually somebody had a phone, and they're okay. in the northwest somewhere. Um, let's see, and kind of Ruben Android. Real time they- research. I know. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Google bought yeah, Android. Let's see. Inc. Sidekick. That was, yeah, it was Sidekick. Oh, and it was the Android. Sidekick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I do there remember that. Yeah. So, I, so my point about that is that there were a lot of Linux based, um, embedded, sort of embedded Linux based smart enough phones that kicked around, you know, and, and a big part of all of them was get as free as you can from the big companies, right? Which, hasn't happened in fact the opposite has happened get more and more trapped by a big company and 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 this is with a slight subject change but it's something i've been wondering about like to get your thoughts on it um which is will we ever be free of the platforms are we stuck in platformville at this point you just you got to have one you know if you can have a smartphone you're going to have to have an apple or a an android if you want 
Um, you know, we're going to be living in their environments, whatever they happen to be. You know, and if you want cloud, it's there. There's a. And I think I think the reason I, could we move away from that? Sure, but I don't think we will because they make it easy, right? It's, yeah, it's they do. easy. If everything is there, everything works together. You don't have to think hard. It's easy, and you know it's it's like that for everything. And I think originally, Catherine, we we talked about uh, mentioning some. The next article I'm writing is about security, and the same thing is true with mm -hmm. security. If if it's easy, it might work. Um, yeah. You know, I'm I'm reviewing password managers. You know, that's that. Maybe I'm not supposed to reveal that. I don't know, but that's what I'm that's I'm going to do a password revelation article, right? What all the password managers? And I mean, this is burying the lead a little bit, but what is the best password manager? You know the answer? We're going to wait until we read your article. No, no, see, no that's, that's what I mean. I'm I'm, I'm very yeah, I'm burying the lead. It's the one you use. It's the uh, one you use. Ha <laughs> ha! boom boom! Right. Right. It's your uh, best. It's like your best. Your best. Uh, Camera is the one that you use. This exactly. One yeah. Exactly. The one that's attached to that's built into my phone. So it's the and only that, one. And, and that, that since that happened, it's been the only one I've ever used. Yeah, my wife has, and I mean, I I don't even want to think about how much it costs. This this camera, you know, it's a Canon uh, something five Mark two oh, or three. It's or really heavy duty. And, uh, EOS five D Mark three three four or five. Four. It's Mark four. Okay. Yeah. That's the I, one. And then a lens that's like a, a it's not a black lens. It's a tan colored lens. Oh, that's, that's hardcore. As long as my <laughs> truck. Right. And I mean, it's, it's oh like my goodness. It takes, lens. And that's why we got it, you know, because she's, she's a coach and she does ah, the yearbook okay. at the school that she works at. She's a yearbook teacher. But do you know how many pictures we take with that versus our phones? You know, a tiny single digit percentage because it's in a, you know, it's in a box and you got to take it out and put the, so yeah, it's the camera that we use the most. If she ever wants to unload that, talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> but but, but a, a difference with password managers. So this is a, another question, which is, I will we ever get past logins and passwords? If you told me in 1995 that we'd still be using logins and passwords in 2018 or 19, I think we'd utterly failed as, as a as a geek species to, to, to get past that. And, and maybe we can't because we're, we're just, we made a decision that we'd be in client serverville for the duration back then. And as long as we're there, every server is going to need a different login and password. And that's the only way to authenticate. And, um, and I, I, I despair of that because I, I have a bit, like, I have a password manager. It actually doesn't work on my phone. It's supposed to work on my phone. Yeah, so I'm going to talk about that in the article because that's it's vital, man. It has to. And it doesn't. And on top of that, there are so many cases where, and and and, and Catherine, I've gone around this on, on Lenny's Journal too. I mean, where for some reason it's not remembering my password. I have to create a new one, and then that one doesn't remember it, and I have to create a new one over and over again. Well, in the meantime, the password manager is remembering all the old ones oh, as no. history, or sometimes it's three or four entries, and I'll have. Like, here are the eight ways I might log in, of which one of them might be the right one. And this is, and trying to unscrew this is a massive undertaking. It's like, it's like a week of work. And, and I'm not sure it even would work because I'm not sure the routines, you know, are complete. There's screw up. I don't know what it is, you know, so. It has to be easier to use a password manager than to use the same password everywhere. 
and if it's not that's accurate, 100 I mean, percent accurate. If it's not as easy or easier to use a password manager, you're just not. And maybe maybe this group that we're in right now isn't the, <laughs> isn't the good um, group to choose from because I'm probably going to use a password manager because I'm you know I'm pretty nerdy. But you yeah. know my wife is not going to use a password manager if it's more difficult than using the same password everywhere. And it has to be easier. That's so like the, the biometric things, you know, obviously that I, I thought biometrics are going to be, you know, going to replace passwords. Well, it turns out, you know, they're very spoofable um, and you're not, not as great as, as we all thought, but that's where two factor makes it good. Right. Um, and like on my phone, uh, and I have multiple phones, multiple jobs, multiple careers, super geeky. I want to have an excuse to have multiple phones. But, um, you know, on my on my Google Pixel, I can touch the back of my phone and it unlocks my password manager. So I don't have to type in the password, but it's still there to use on my iPhone. Um, I look at it and it unlocks and it will insert the thing. So I don't have to even remember the single master password. As long as I have, you know, my phone in my hand and my eyeball in my head, it seems to work fairly well and and really that's the key it has to be easy or we're not going to do it no matter how many times we get fished or how many times things happen if it's not easy we're not going to do it i agree i'm going to throw my mom under the bus but yeah <laughs> she recently <laughs> switched to an iphone she'll uh, be harder android for years and it's i mean it's amazing to see from her perspective how life-changing that has been for her and i you know I'm not endorsing anything or not. I'm just suggesting that for my mom, that was the right choice. Yeah. And and, and I, I think that that's what a lot of things boil down to. And, and I, I, I've always been that guy too. The Again, the best technology is the one that is going to work for you. And for some people, it's Linux. For some people, it's not Linux. Um, but a lot of times it is. So <laughs> yeah. A lot of times for me, it is. Um, but yeah, and password managers, that's another thing too. Sorry, I just... I got excited, Catherine. I kind of stole your your yeah. mom being thrown under the no, bus. There. No, no, no. That was the um, end of the story. I mean, it's just okay. We take certain things for granted, but then when you 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 talk to other people who use technology in a different way than we do, you really realize how important these things are. You know, I, I I like things to be easier, but I don't absolutely need them to be easier. So, I mean, and, and we're all the same. I'm sure. Sure. Yeah, and like cross-platform. She was an Android user. If she was using a password manager on her Android because she's super cool and your mom's awesome, and then she went to an iPhone and she couldn't use that same password manager, or she had to like somehow convert a database of passwords that to a be... new password manager, she, no way. Yeah, yeah. password1234 is going to be it again. <laughs> yep. Secret 69. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, wow, your passwords are a different full uh, lane than mine are. <laughs> no, no, that was still that was uh, borrowed from a presentation. Ah, okay. I believe Kyle shared that with us in a previous episode, actually, <laughs> or maybe off the record. <laughs> but anyway, apparently yeah. that's a very common bad password. Don't use it, <laughs> please. Yeah. Do not use password one two three or secret sixty nine. Or like uh, Kanye West told uh, Trump on. TV, uh, just use seven zeros, or he just used seven zeros. Oh, like, God. <laughs> oh. I imagine somebody intervened there and changed that for him, but oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, at least put them backwards. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, dyslexic, so seven zeros the other way works great. great. We, were, we were discussing how maybe the topic of this podcast should be like, uh, you know, embarrassing stories from external, <laughs> external uh. nostalgia. 
I mean, not that the password thing isn't a really great. You talk. call it the best we, podcast is the one you're listening to. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's really the bottom line here. <laughs> right embarrassing password stories. Uh, I have an embarrassing password story. Yes. Excellent. And, Share yeah. It. So, um, do you remember? And this wasn't that long ago. And in some places, it's still the case. And if if any of the listeners are one of these places, boy, I apologize. Where they thought that the key to security was going to be password complexity. Um, I. I just despise the concept of password complexity. You know, whether you look at the XKCD comic where he talks mm, about you know, correct horse stapler battery or whatever it is. Um, but at at my workplace, when I was a system administrator, what was my title? I was, um, I have an issue with titles apparently, uh, technology director at a school district in, in a local town here. Uh, I decided I'm going to make our school more secure and I'm going to require people to do complex passwords. And so I set the, I made people change their password and made them all complex. And I was very proud of myself. And I went up to central office where paychecks are made and where decisions are made. And I mean, these are, you know, we're an elected official would like me, all these things. And I go in there and what's on everybody's monitor, a sticky note with a stupid password on it ticked me right off yeah so everybody's complex password was right there with a yellow sticky note on their monitor so uh that was my my lesson for why password complexity is a bad idea so yeah so what's the good idea yeah a a long password that is easy for humans to remember (laughs) so a lot of times a passphrase uh like a sentence that you're going to remember like I like the smell of kitten toes, which I just made up because my cat's in front of me. I don't know what it smells like. I but hope that's not your password. It's it is not my password. It is now. <laughs> I have seen what my cat does with those paws in the kitty litter box. So that is not my. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, so, uh, something of length that a computer is not going to be able to easily hack. It's just, I mean, basically, you want to know what the best password policy is. Look at the XKCD comic. Hey, Catherine, are, do you put links on under these? I'm link to that. Link to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's. It's um because it's so true. I mean, we try to make them all fancy and hard to guess, and it's only hard for us to remember. <laughs> so, and again, two factor is really the better way to go. Um, another embar- This isn't really embarrassing. This is uh, this is kind of scary. What happened to me? So I, uh, with my current day job, I have a work phone, and. Uh, one of the most common still, a very common two-factor auth thing is to text you a code, right? Like, right. you know, the two-factor auth, you, you get an SMS with the code. Well, somebody had figured out my my phone number and figured out who my provider was. I don't know how they did that. I mean, my phone number is fairly public, but I don't want to say it on the podcast. Um, but anyway, they called Verizon and tried to convince them that I had that they were me and I had broken my phone and I needed to have my number transferred to a new phone. And the person almost like the Verizon person almost did it. Like they almost just transferred it. Um, But they said it sounded a little hinky. So they disabled my phone. Um, And I noticed, hey, my phone isn't working. And so I called our tech guy in Oregon and he said, yeah, Verizon called me. And somebody tried to like hack into your phone. And the reason they would do that isn't so they could, you know, text people emojis. It was so they could get my two-factor authentication, which is just because a lot of times you can reset an unknown password if you have a two-factor auth, right? And they would have 
done horrible things to my account. So that's scary. It actually sparked an entirely new policy at the company I work for uh, where nobody can make any changes to their account whatsoever unless there's like a secret code that only headquarters knows. And, you know, it's really, really strict now because of the Sean Powers phone incident. So yeah. well, we actually stuff. mentioned this. Kyle mentioned this uh, in a previous podcast we did talking about security because I had recently read an article about that exact scenario that this is a fairly common thing now where people would take charge of your accounts you know and, and hold it for ransom and the way that they were doing it was not some fancy you know hacking it was literally just calling phone providers and 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 manipulating the person social on the phone into engineering and yeah social engineering exactly um which is, you know, that's scary. It's scary, yeah. but I'm sorry it happened to you, but it's a good thing. It, it almost happened to me, right? I almost, mean, it, it, yes, really, exactly. Yeah. You are a so target, though. Being a target is unsettling, right? It, a little um, bit, yeah. Sorry, not to just drill that home, but yeah. I, I, I just think about, I can't help it, what an awful job that is to do what that guy did. I mean, yeah. I guess there's money in it, but is, I mean, you have to be a, a, a deep, deeply awful human being to want to do that. And and I have a feeling that the people who do it really aren't. They just rationalize it somehow. But it just really amazes me that people are willing to do it, you know, that they're willing to m mess with people's lives like that. And Like, yeah, like the malware things that they say you're infected, call this number, and you pay them money. And uh, especially, um, you know, a lot of older people in my life who, who are using computers, but they didn't grow up with computers. Yeah. Uh, sure enough, they'll call, you know, a pop-up happens and they'll call, oh, Microsoft says I need to call them. So they call Microsoft and it's, you know, some guy who answers the phone, says he's Microsoft and <laughs> sure enough, we'll give them remote access to the computer and charge them like like a person, a really close person. I'm not going to say their name, but a friend of mine had already paid like $400 and they just they kept milking him for more and more money. Oh, we found more problems. Now we can fix this for you too, but it'll be an additional blah, blah, blah. And after $400, they said, you know what? I need to talk to somebody. And they called me and said, does this seem right? And of course I said, oh gosh, no, you know, it's, it's no, <laughs> but it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Wow. That's rough. I've never actually met anyone that it happened to, but that is, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I've read articles, and, and it's horrible. Actually, you know, I was reading an article. It was probably a month and a half ago or so, um, and it was a person – it was a victim of one of these hacking situations, and he managed to actually talk to the criminal – on the phone and got him and like talked him out of the whole scenario. And it was weird though, to hear the guy's answers because he was sort of like, no, it's not personal. It's just, you know, was it the, the two money. part one? Was it the two part episode where he actually flew to India and found the guy? Because oh, I don't remember I, that part. And this was is a, a different story. I think. Oh. Okay. Well, well that's yeah. good. Either one. That is, that is rough. I mean, you know, not to, not to go, you know, down this road too far, but Hey, why not? But, you know, we, we, we take a lot of things for granted. I think we, you know, we live in this part of the world where we are fortunate to not have, you know, live in this sort of scenario where you have a, you, are, you may be desperate enough that you feel like you need to yeah. hold other people yeah, hostage the, for money. Yeah, the data center in India wasn't a trope. I mean, that was literally the story. Mm -hmm, um, sure. And, you know, it was it was a fascinating. And maybe if I find the link, I'll, you can put that in <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. But all well. the scary stories. Um, yeah, it was um, 
Maybe, maybe we have some fun, more fun enterprise. stories to lighten it up a bit. Like that time that somebody recognized you because of your hair. That was cool. <laughs> oh, I remember when I had hair. That was great. <laughs> I don't think people recognize me for my hair. It's It's gone. One of my favorite onion headlines is, Study shows male hair loss is seven times more painful than childbirth. <laughs> I don't believe that for, somehow. I mean, I've never experienced either, but I don't, <laughs> I don't think I believe that. Yeah. yeah, for a long time, my hair was, was a thing, right? It was Sean Power's hair. It's all like crazy and, and stands on end. And it's so thin now. My new thing is I wear pink hats. That's all I do is wear hats mm. that are pink. So, um, yeah. Well, it's you. I thought if I made it to 60 without losing my hair, um, uh, I'd be, I was home free. And then like in about five minutes, uh, <laughs> the whole thing <laughs> kind of mowed away, mowed itself away. It's kind of sad, but there it is. But I'm yeah. alive. So that's the upside. Yeah, there are worse things that could happen. I, I'm not complaining yeah. all that much. Um, yeah. yeah. I was thinking it's, it's, not, it's not the installment plan. It's not like the, what the opposite of the installment plan is. You know, it's like the distance, <laughs> the uninstalled, the uninstallment plan for hair. This is this is what fighting the good uh, open source fight for all these years has done. Yeah. You lose your hair. Yeah. I probably like, don't have as much hair as I did in 07. I mean, like <laughs> Ob Obama went from really dark hair to gray hair over his term. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. for us, it's hair to no hair is my. <laughs> yeah. So did Clinton and Bush actually? You know, yeah, it's... all presidents. It's rough to see the after and versus the before. Kids have done that to me a little too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You just rub it off your head. <laughs> well, have well so, we much, so much for having a happy story, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> you could call it this the the hair restoration podcast, oh. and uh, yeah, we could we could claim that uh, listening to this restores your hair. <laughs> Do you have anything? What's on your geeky uh, holiday wish list right now? Um, you know, I want one of the new Raspberry Pis for no yeah. reason other than I don't have one it. yet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sure. Exactly. Um. I don't know. You know, it's it's getting cliche with me. I, I have all these stinking all cameras. The well, no, the cameras for taking video of birds eating at bird feeders. I, I think I've crossed over to the point where it's almost getting creepy. I, you know, <laughs> there's like I have birds filing like restraining orders against me because <laughs> they record them. Um, I don't know. It's 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 just fun. I um, so I have a I have a farm now. I don't know if I had a farm last time I talked to you, but um, we bought a farm. It's about a half hour drive away and it's got like, I think 15 acres. And wow. what's interesting is, so I, I live in town in, in like this little city in Northern Michigan and, um, the internet service is not great. In fact, the company I worked for pays a ton of money for me to have moderately good internet connection, but out in the middle of nowhere, like this rural farm area, for some reason, the local electric co-op is putting fiber optic gigabit internet in every single um, subscriber's home. Like, I mean, you have to pay for it. But so my my weird little rural farm is going to have gigabit fiber internet. <laughs> and in town, I have 50 megabit. <laughs> so, so, so here's a question. Can you, yeah. on, on a silo or on some high object there, can you rent roof rights to uh, for for to cell phone companies? Because that I, I have cousins in in uh, in uh, Minnesota that 
I think make more money off of their roof rights, they call it, on a silo than they make with the farm. I don't know if yeah. that works there or not. It, it would if I had one. So Northern Michigan had a ton of towers because back in the gosh like in the 90s they did this distance learning thing where like a mm-hmm. school district could serve all of the neighboring school districts with one teacher and it was all analog and there were these enormous analog satellite dishes on top of these towers so there's wow. all of these physical towers all over that of course now the cell phone companies have leased out so the they were oversaturated with tower locations um, mm. at my farm, I can literally see a giant cell phone tower out the back window. So it's frustrating because otherwise, yeah. man, yeah, that'd be awesome. But no. Yeah. Oh, well, um, but that's very cool. It, 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 it's interesting to me that, um, a lot of the real innovation going on with provisioning, uh, internet service is done by local entities of one kind or another here and there, because clearly the cable companies aren't going to fully do it. You know, they're yeah. just going to they're going to they're going to milk coax and doxis 3.1 or whatever comes after that as long as they can. But basically, they're still dealing with TV channels with with data modulated on TV channels over over coax. That's what they're doing. Yeah, and exactly. And yeah, it's and, and it's horrible in town here. You know, I I actually pay for a, a, a fiber connection in town that it's a commercial line. It was crazy expensive and it's, you know, only moderately good speed wise but yeah but it, it is it's the electrical co-op uh you know they have power lines to all the you know the, in fact their advertising is cool like you know a hundred years ago we started the rural electric company that we are and we ran electricity to places that the big companies wouldn't do and now in 2018 we're doing the same with fiber optic internet and sure enough they're using the same poles that they have their power stretched on and yeah. they're stretching fiber it's pretty neat now are they selling just um Internet access, or are they selling like the triple play thing? Also, the uh, they they do offer a landline, which just kind of makes but, me chuckle. But not TV, huh? Not, not TV. TV. No, it's TV just internet. Service. That's the main yeah. thing, especially in rural areas. They just get put up with Dish or or Direct. Oh, and now I mean, now it's going to be streaming, right? I mean, Hulu Live and yeah. uh, YouTube Live and PlayStation View and oh, what's that one that's been around? Sling TV. You oh, know, yeah. I mean, you can get legitimate television over internet and if you have gigabit ethernet in your house over fiber streaming is a very viable option yeah 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 we don't have yeah, regular tv anymore we only do streaming we use sling um hulu netflix amazon all that stuff um yeah i miss commercials though isn't that the dumbest thing Yes, that is the dumbest thing it is the dumbest <laughs> but i miss that we're not gonna let that one go sorry yeah no. i know i'm <laughs> I'm not gonna say, oh yeah, I know what you mean, because I don't get it. <laughs> only, only the, only like the the really good ones. You know, every once in a while there will be a good commercial that becomes part of pop culture, and I'm and I have no idea what anyone's talking about. Well, is is the really best ones will go on YouTube and you watch yes, them there. Yes, and then I so, eventually see or them. Or Vimeo. Like, there's one right now. It's uh, John Lewis, which is a big retailer in the UK, does an annual Christmas thing, and they have one which is kind of like the history of Elton John. And it's brilliant. It's like two minutes long. That's it's like, exactly it's why I just I, I just brought up the commercials. I saw that today, oh and I God. thought, see, I never see anything anymore. It's I have to, brilliant. I, I eventually, I, they, the cream rises, right? And the oh, okay. yeah, but that's it. I mean, and, and then so it's not good. a commercial. It's just, it's a, it's, it's a movie that's nothing but a product placement, but still, you know, it, but it's damn good. 
it's damn good. All, if all advertising were, were that good, I would yeah, no, it's not about advertising. There's also a funny parody of that one. <laughs> really, that's perfect. Yes. <laughs> we fast forward through the ad and then get the started on a criminal activity at age four. <laughs> so, Wait, isn't this podcast an hour-long ad for my bird cams? I thought that's what the agreement was. <laughs> yes, I think I think. <laughs> well, well, here's a, here's a question. I don't know how long I've been doing this, but oh, we're close to an hour. Um, but a, maybe something like a parting question, which is, at what point do we saturate subscription? Because what you're talking about in this drift of like. Television is is moving into parts, and then all the parts are kind of floating off in different directions. So, um, and so you you've got the Roku and the and Sling and and YouTube Red and all of these, and people are going to you know they'll still subscribe to the cable company because that's the only way to get internet. But that they're just watching their whatever they're they're supporting their habits in other ways that involve subscription, and they basically take their old cable subscription and apportion it out. But there's all the other subscriptions they have, which is for each of their phones, right, which cost more than their landlines did, um, for all of the all of the things on the web that now you have to pay for, right? You want to get the New York Times, you want to get the Wall Street Journal, you want to get the, you know, anything, including Linux Journal, right? You want the real Linux Journal in a print-like form. Uh, you're paying for that. That's a subscription. And when do we reach peak subscription? And what is that? What does that yeah. look like? We're not there yet. And I can tell you today, I, I literally bought a car today, which makes me sound like I'm, I'm a hoity-toity person, but my wife hit a deer and totaled our car last week. So, uh, oh, wow. yeah, so we bought a car. And the last time I bought a car, uh, it was a, it's a Chevy, and you get this um, app where you can unlock remotely with an app on your phone. Right. Yeah. It's really cool, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, they have lots of features that you can do a subscription. But if you don't do that, you get this basic feature where you can lock and unlock your car. For like I don't know forever, right? For free. Yeah. Now this is new for 2019 models. Uh, it ain't free anymore. Yeah. If, Mine's yeah. not free. Even for unlocking. Even for unlocking any use of the app and the the remote service is uh, part of a subscription. Wow. Yeah. See, because uh, so the car that my wife crashed, it had this like basic plan that didn't cost anything and you could do things like unlock it and lock it. But now we got this new one. And if we want to do that, we have to pay $15 a month to use an app. And I don't know what, it, yeah. I don't know so, what peak subscription is, but I, I'm yeah, fed up. Starting to sense it there. You said, cause that's really the base price. It's going to be like between 10 and 15 bucks. You want HBO or Cinemax or, or, you know, any of those things, you know, or, or Netflix. Spotify. Or, I mean, how Spotify, many, yeah. all of them, you know, Prandora, all of them have a subscription rate, uh, um, you know, Amazon Prime, another one, right? You know, and they're all, you know, they all have a rate. So what kind of car did you get? What kind of uh, It's a Traverse, Chevy Traverse. What is that? It's like an Equinox. It, it has a third row. It's their third row option. That's oh, not okay. a giant right. truck. Yeah, we, have kids say, so we, we no longer, like our car here in Santa Barbara um, died and with 200 and 8,000 miles on it. And um, we just didn't get another one. We're, and, and because we just rent. Like right now we're renting a Volkswagen Jetta. Before that it was a Chevy Malibu. I like the Malibu. I actually like that. I like, I didn't, generally a rental car is like a car you're not going to like, right? It's like the problem you had, the problem we had in the period, I actually had a law, I had a list of Searle's laws. And one of them said, whatever car you want to rent, you're going to get a Chevy Cavalier because that's, <laughs> 
that was your basic rental car. After that, it was a Chevy Cobalt, which I think they made only to to lease to the car rental companies, right? And but that's not the case anymore. The car rental companies have like every kind of car, and you don't know what the hell you're going to get. But but I've had a chance to sample different cars. I don't think there's a car I've liked more than the Malibu for some reason. And um, it handled well. It was really comfortable. It had the the radio was understandable, um, which it isn't in a lot of them. Although all of them, if I plug in my phone, it plays Edith Piaf, an Edith Piaf song. It's, it's like it just goes in and finds that, and there it is. But um, it, but it's but anyway. I, I'm I'm liking Chevy. I'm liking what's going on there. Except yeah, I, for that thing, except for that thing where they're shaking you down for fifteen bucks. Yeah. I know. I, I do. I nice like the feature. car. It it is. It's a great feature, and it was one I didn't have to pay for. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah. Now I have to pay for it. So I don't know. And man, everything is a subscription now. And you're right. Like ten, fifteen dollars is kind of that point where it's like, ah, eh, it's fifteen bucks. You know, whatever. But how right. many of those can you do yeah, before? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Like a, a lot of things got priced. I read somewhere once that. And this is a while back because when when the default ATM withdrawal was two hundred bucks, there were a lot of things that were priced at like one ninety nine ninety five, right? Because that was just below this little trigger in our heads that said there's an increment that starts at two hundred bucks, where anything above that's expensive, and everything below that's just an ATM withdrawal. Right? Yeah. I think this is down to like three hundred bucks probably, but um, but I think that, that that's the case. You know, fifteen bucks, I'll put up with fifteen bucks, right? Yeah, yeah, and do you remember when apps, the app stores first came out, and spending ninety nine cents was like pulling teeth? Yeah. Like I would never spend any money on an app. I still won't. <laughs> really, I, yeah. I've actually I've crossed over now. You know, I'm like oh. somebody's like playing a game, and it's like you know, for five bucks you can remove the ads, and I'm like, I know I'm gonna play this game for only a half hour more in my whole life, but for five bucks I want to have that half hour be ad free. <laughs> so. Yeah. And pathologically cheap. Yeah. And what I like about that is it shows what the negative value of ads are. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, they actually have, in that context anyway, a negative value. But then apparently, I we've just discovered that I love advertising. So, <laughs> but only That's if it has true. Elton John in it. Only. Yeah, Elton John. It's, it's the whole thing. Exactly. Or the Clydesdale horses. Yeah. I don't know if we ever had our happy story, did we? I mean, we've gone from <laughs> a few happy stories. You've got a new car. Yeah, that's a happy one. Okay. Son, you've got there's a lot of happy stories here. All right, all right, good. good. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll have to do it again. We'll we'll, yeah. we'll we'll have some time to think up for sure some happy stories. Well, there was the time Sean rescued me from the um, sumo outfits. There, that was that's a that very happy, happy story. story because that could have gone a whole other way yeah those sumo games how do you win by not playing that's yeah. really who the winner is <laughs> everybody's not playing our game is a winner already <laughs> you're already a winner <laughs> you're a winner you're a winner <laughs>